0: What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? This is Inquisitive Minds
1: and... Cafe Medium. That's Doing a little simulcast here. A little
0: simulcast. This is my first one. This is the first one for the Inquisitive Minds family. And you know what? We're
1: I'm excited. Me too. Rick, it's good to see you, man. And it's good to see that your podcast has taken off so well.
0: Thanks, brother. It, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, podcasts are weird because they're... They're the one thing that you are solely responsible for, and it's your baby, and it's up to you. And and I I took a little break from it because things got way too busy for a while, but now I'm back, and I've I've got a goal goal to record 26 shows this year, and and I think that we're going to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, you've had some great guests, too. The, the nuclear non-proliferation guy that you had on recently, that was a great conversation, man. And the and the one you did, actually, I was I was thinking, man, you beat me to it, um, which I guess there's a lot of space for, so we don't need to be competing. But uh, <laughs> the uh, Pacific Crest Trail guests you had on, the guy yes. that did the Pacific, those are... So motivating for people. I, I heard that the movie Wild yeah. actually has uh, inspired a lot of people to do the Pacific Crest Trail. So I mean, I, I, one time I was climbing the South Sister and I remember somebody uh, bitching and complaining because they're like, man, when I was when I was a kid, there was like 10 people up on this mountain. Now there's 500. And I was like, well, isn't it kind of cool that we live in a world where 500 people are willing to, to go out in the middle of nowhere and climb the side of a mountain? kind of speaks to our culture a little bit it does
0: speak to our culture that's something that's very incredible about the north the pacific northwest and it's why i i, I kind of want to leave the pacific northwest just to see to, to experience other cultures within this country but there's something incredibly unique and special about where we live as i understand it you just got back from the philippines i correct? did
1: yeah yes yeah. so, uh fam- my family's from the Philippines. my my wife's family and so we did a three week uh, vacation there. My my eight, eight and a half month old daughter is half Filipino, so she got to go back and meet all of her family. And um, it was just, and then my 17 year old daughter, it was incredible. She, like day three, we were there. She just reaches over to me at one point. She goes, I think everybody needs to see this so they can appreciate how much they have in life because it's a third world country. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, who's
0: the, 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 the dictator, Robert? Oh, what's, what's the guy's name?
1: name? I, man, I,
0: we, we You want to Google that? You want
1: to pull that up? That's
0: why. Oh, by the way, Mad Max Brawley isn't on the show. He had other th- pressing matters, some family issues today, so. I had to dig deep within the inquisitive, my, my brain, and, and I, I just called my brother. <laughs> so he's, 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 I want to say like Robert Duterte or something. He's an um, asshole. Duterte. Duterte. Robert Duterte.
1: Yeah, he's, but you know, he's, he's... Got it? That's it? Thanks. He's loved by a lot of people in the Philippines. A lot of good people that I know in the Philippines really? actually like him. Um, they feel like he's going to fix a lot of the problems that are there. You feel They feel like he's a man of the people, of, for, and by the people, rather than representing um, corruption within the government. So, I mean, if you ask anybody, the I uh, ask a hundred percent of the people that you ask, what's why are there so many people having a hard time getting access to resources and money and jobs, and the first word corruption. Everybody will say corruption.
0: That's something that we take for granted. I mean, our government's fucked, and I don't really like it. But as far, and we aren't. We're pretty corrupt. I'm not trying to. I hate the government, and all my listeners know that. But there's something. It's always good to see that we, it's not as bad as our reality and what we think is bad is not as bad as it truly gets. I mean, you look at Russia or China and there's billionaires that go that disappear every day. I, I find that that wouldn't happen here. At least I hope it wouldn't happen. I'm not in any danger of that happening. I'm not a billionaire yet, but...
1: Right. So, what, what, that's, that's a good uh, segue. So, what's, what, I've heard you say that before on your show. Um, when you say, I hate the government, what does that mean to you? <laughs> you, i heard you say, uh, yeah. me, me and the government don't get along yeah, yeah. so well. I've heard you, you say, you know, that. honestly,
0: that's just the, the conspiracy theorist and the libertarian in me. And this is also very strange because I've never been interviewed. Like, well, well I don't, mean, don't think of this the, as a No, an I know. No, 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 no. But the, the, the uh, that was a very, a very pointed mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. Or, I love it. Yeah. I guess. I have a deep distrust for the government um, I don't I don't agree with a lot of the a lot of their policies I think that I don't agree with the military-industrial complex I don't like how my taxes are are used I think that we're inefficient and sometimes I believe it should be dissolved you know I'm a I, I, I've, I've had guests on my show where we've uh, talked about anarchy. I don't, I don't agree with anarchy, but I just, for me, I, I really just distrust the government. I don't think that they are working for the people or were, who knows, maybe, I don't know. I'm just saying like in the past, it hasn't appeared to be that way. I do think things are getting better. Um, I mean they look the economy's up. I don't want to be all doom and gloom because that's not the type of human being I am. I'm I'm very positive, but I guess it's just it stems from a, a a deep distrust. People seem to want to trust the government, but they don't realize all the dark things. You look at the Tuskegee airmen where they gave people syphilis just to see what would happen or many of the other atrocities that have ha- that the that our government has uh they used to they sanctioned oh my god, what is the word? Uh, eugenics, Mm -hmm. all that, all these things we've done and, and I, I've, I've learned about them and I just, I guess it's just a deep distrust. That's why me and the government don't get along.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of one of the beauties of having a government that I, I call me a blind optimist, if you will, but is of by and for the people, you know, and that people, human nature is inherently flawed, you know? So, um, you know, people, you, you say corporations aren't people, but they are made of people. They are government contract established between the government and the, you know, the a citizen, the citizens to create a corporation. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I'm asking genuinely because, and not to, not to critique it because I, I, I have my trust issues as well. I'm just trying to, I'm always trying to figure out what's my relationship with this thing called government. And I think it's just so broad that, um. You know, we have, we have Senator Jeff Merkley in Oregon, who I really respect as a person who stands by his principles. And I think he's doing the job that he went there to do based on his constituents voting for him, but also because I think he's a man of, of moral value that's going to stand on those principles. So yeah. he, being in Oregon in our little bubble in Portland, you know, area, is, um, it, it gives us that comfort, sometimes false.
0: So. Yes. We live in a very accepting, open place Sorry, I'm burping, guys. No, it's the Belgian beer. The the Belgian beers we're we're drinking. You know, this is you know, it's weird. This is the first time I've ever had beer on a podcast. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. I I, did one other time, and it was sloppy. Was it? uh, Yeah. It was. (laughs) It was during the elections and stuff, and during the primaries. And you um, depressed? No, no. I just I found myself using language that I don't like to use, and I was I was just being um, very short sighted and and, and narrow minded in my uh, analysis of things. It was it was drunken talk, you know. but, but, no, the Belgian beers are great. they're delicious.
0: <laughs> they're absolutely delectable. It's been a while I'm on that the keto train, and this is I'm glad we we were doing this right now, so I can cheat and have some of the some of the nectar of the gods, you know,
1: yeah, No. let's talk about the keto train because I'm interested in so it basically, as well. there's
0: this book, and I would you look up the book carb night um, it's n i t e um, basically, the principle is you're you're eating you're getting all of your sources of energy through fats. So I'm eating bacon, sausage, and the uh, the amount of carbs you're allotted is about 30 grams of carbs a day, and the weight lo- the weight loss has been it hasn't been drastic. It's been very slow. Uh, I've lost about 10 pounds so far. I'm down to about 227. 227 226 i hover right around there that was my my goal weight mm-hmm. i'm growing my hair out my fro out until i hit my target weight of 205 trying to get shredded you know mm-hmm. <laughs> trying yeah. trying to be the best trying to i'm really into human optimization We've, we were talking about that before the podcast but i think the ketogenic diet i think everyone should really give it a chance i i, I really do i i'm a firm believer in this
1: yeah And and the the principle is like, so carbohydrates are like giving your body rocket fuel. If you give a rocket fuel to a, a Volkswagen uh, Jetta, you're going to burn the engine out in a very short period of time, you know, spiking our insulin all the time. And, and it also, insulin tells your body to store calories as fat where, uh, ketones, um, which are found in fat, uh, fire at a much more efficient rate with your brain. I've, I've, I've gone ketogenic a few times and it's your brain works better. Cognitive ability is a lot better through the roof. It's what creeps
0: me out about it is, so I'm eating about two, two times a day. Uh, I skip I do uh, fasting Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't think of the word intermittent fasting thank you intermittent fasting and the my brain so I will get hangry you know Mm -hmm. Uh, when I when it's time to eat it is time to eat and that is all I can focus on which is honestly more of a a more primal existence I found it's being driven and motivated to eat and and to take a lunch when you need to take a lunch at your job like that's important i know a lot of people sit and eat lunch at their desk but i'm i'm, I'm fucking done dude i'm peacing out i gotta go on a walk i gotta eat i think that that's also helped kind of uh calm me down and and lower a lot of stress my world revolves around food not so many of the other crazy things that it does i don't you know. As far as like the news and whatnot, I've, I've gotten really into this year, 2017 so far has been a year of personal improvement. And I have, I've made leaps and bounds to be a better human being. I'm really, I've started meditating every day. Every day, every single day. What's your meditation? Honestly, uh, I use Headspace, man. Do you? Headspace it's it's expensive uh, it's not that expensive it's worth it um, but it's paid for guided, app, yep, right? yep guided meditation in your phone which is an extension of your consciousness as far as I'm concerned mm-hmm. you pl- you put your earbuds in and for 10 minutes you just do nothing and you calm down you work on your breathing you focus on your breathing that's yeah. it I think everyone should do that that's it's made me a better person it's made me more calm it's it's minimized my stress I, I it's changed my life, honestly, and I'm not just saying that. I, I'm, I think we should all do that. I yeah. think that we live in too much of a fear-based society where people are afraid of things that really they shouldn't be afraid of, and this is just a way of taking a step back and breathe, focusing on your breathing. Something, something that simple is amazing.
1: Well, it seems so silly that we that we don't, especially when we know the benefits that it that you can reap from it. You know, you think about how many days of the of the, or how many hours of the day are spent on Facebook or whatever else, can you give five to 10 minutes of those in the morning to meditate and to get your mind right? Because every single time I meditate, almost, almost every single time I meditate in the morning, my day is better. 100%. Yeah. And do you journal at all?
0: Well, that's actually weird that you bring that up. I have, uh, I have this saying, it's, it's called the form And it's an online journal. It's basically just a Google document with three of some of my closest friends, and the kind of the format is we have an inspirational quote that we would post, write and cite, and then we write about our goals. It's sort of an accountability. partnership between me and my two friends that are involved in this forum It's called the path to enlightenment and we journal about our demons or struggles or triumphs, tribulations, hopes, dreams, everything. And that really being able to express that it's 60, almost 70 pages mm. now. It's amazing. and yeah. It's something that we created. Like it's a universe. It's essentially a universe that we created that we can go to if we're ever down uh, for inspiration and that's something that also started this year. So this, as far as I'm concerned, like this year is badass, man. I yeah. hit the ground running and I'm not looking back. A lot of things have changed and it's a year of empowerment. No excuses. It, life's too short for us to, to not try and be the best versions of ourself Humanly possible.
1: I, I love what Joe Rogan says: "Be the be the hero of your own movie." I agree with that. Yeah, you know, such a great. Con, you, you just those little, those little motivational, you know, terms that can just really, you think about it throughout your day, and you, all of a sudden it gives you a little spike. Right? It does. It's, it's a little high. Man. Journal. So I've been doing a five minute journal, right? The Tim Ferriss five minute journal, and okay. uh, every morning you get up and uh, and I'll, I'll post it in the show notes too. But um, I think it's so you write three things that you're grateful for, mm-hmm. um, which is a great way to start your day. You think about, you know, you, you could be, to, you know, I'm thankful for um, my, my daughter's not sick anymore. I'm thankful for my other daughter came, got, came home with good grades or, or I, you know, whatever. I'm recording a podcast with you today. And uh, then another, it, anyway, it just has a series of questions. Oh, what would make today great, right? And you put a few things down that would make today great. And it kind of gives you a little bit of a checklist to help create a barometer for your day. And then it's a word of affirmation. So today I am blank. Today I am focused today I am optimistic today I am professional whatever it might be and you fill in that blank and it gives you a little bit of a focus and throughout the day you might open that page back up and just remind yourself of what your daily affirmation is and then at the end of the day you answer two questions so it's a couple minutes in the morning a couple minutes at night at the end of the day you say something I, I think it's like what what made today amazing what three you know so you had three things that made today amazing mm-hmm. and then one You write is what could have made today better, you know, and it's a good opportunity for you not to be hard on yourself but to look back and say, Okay, well, you know, I uh I I probably shouldn't have eaten that bowl of of lucky charms that I ate, you know, (laughs) but they were sitting on my refrigerator and why not? So, um, but it's just a good, you know, you think about those like little daily practices that just god they make such a big difference if you just uh I asked somebody recently, somebody who I, I is not a very healthy person, um, they were staying with me for a little while and I said. Do you um without with I'm not trying to offend you at all, but is there anything that you do throughout your day that's healthy at all and they were like "No, really just point blank just point blank because I saw this these patterns and i was i was really it was really making me worry about this person and uh and they they just said no, and uh, you know they were. I knew that I was in a safe space to ask them. We've already had conversations about this and stuff, so it's not like I was being judgmental or critiquing their lifestyle or anything. But I, I felt like it was important for me to ask, and and uh, you know you need that feedback loop, and I just didn't feel like they had it in their lives, so I wanted to kind of provide a little bit of a feedback loop, and then hey, just so you know, you know, I know the weather's kind of shitty, but you know maybe throw on a pair of tennis shoes and go for a little bit of a walk, you know, every day, even if it's raining. I have some umbrellas, go ahead and use them, and you know so. But some people just can't find those little tiny things to give them a little spike of dopamine every day.
0: Well, they, in my opinion, and I'm going to get to a question I want to ask you, and it's, we're going to probably blast off with this, but. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to ask you right now, because are I'll you forget. T- you to take some mushrooms? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Is there a right way to live life? Is there a correct way? Man,
1: that is a tough one, right?
0: <laughs> it is. It's something that I think about every single day. Is there a is there a right or a wrong way to do this existence this strange existence called life on this rock that is spinning around at 2200 miles an hour in the middle of floating basically like mm-hmm. is there a right or wrong way
1: to do life Well that's interesting that is a really interesting question so are you familiar with Sam Harris Yes, I am. Okay, so Sam Harris, no, yes. um, so he's, he wrote, you know, he's one of the quote-unquote four horsemen of atheism and stuff, so some people are det- detoured from him, but he has a podcast called Waking Up and it's about, he has a book on spirituality and one of his arguments and I'm and I I'm using it because it's not my own original thought is, is there are, there are, there's data out there to provide, there's a, there's scientific evidence as to what is right and wrong in a lot of ways. For example, uh, We understand. We don't need a religion. We we can understand by looking at data that rape is not a healthy, um, conducive
0: to being to a good mental health for either party. Yeah,
1: health healthy lifestyle. I mean, it's 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'll come back to it, but. There are certain behaviors that I think we can look at and say these are not healthy behaviors, but then you know you look at stuff like um, women wearing a hijab in in the Middle East. you know some people look at that and they say well it 's a form of slavery you 're forcing them to cover their faces, this and that." But I've talked to women that wear the hijab and they don't feel like it. They don't see it that way. And and maybe there's some coercion involved there. So I, I, it's really hard to look at, you know, it, the family unit. We were talking about that before yeah. the podcast. Uh, every, every successful culture in history, as far as we know, has had some version of the... Family unit, yeah, and it's it's a common denominator that shows that it is a healthy. It builds healthy societies. Um, now that could be polygamy. I'm not going to argue against that, or it could be uh, two guys or two girls. It doesn't have to be you know one man, the one standardized woman. standardized version, yeah. But having a family unit, I think, is good. One that um, where people aren't being. Um, I'm losing my word here. What uh, what people are taking advantage of?
0: Gone, man. Gonna have it.
1: Exploitation. Sorry, exploitation. I think I think that that might be the common denominator between all things that are bad in my opinion as I see the world so when I go into a strip club for example not that I do very often but when I've been pulled into them not a big fan (laughs) but I don't judge them but I look at these I look at a strip club for example and I see not all of them but I feel like some of the strippers are being exploited some of the dancers let's call them dancers and I also look down and I see the gentleman at the bar uh forking over probably their entire paycheck over to just see a naked woman because they I feel like there's exploitation going on both sides of that so does that mean that stripping shouldn't be legal or stripping is wrong or prostitution wrong? No, I'm not saying, I'm not making that case, but I think that exploiting people, and so I think that if we can create a strong division between are we being exploited and are we not, if a person wants to step outside their marriage and sleep with somebody else, do they have to lie to their spouse in order to do it? If they have to lie to their spouse in order to do it, then, then it's, it's wrong. probably not good because they're being exploited. It creates toxic, and we don't need, again, it's 10 commandments, or I don't know if it's 10 commandments, but uh, seven deadly sins, and no, so... Ten Commandments, seven deadly sins. Which one has lying? Why can't I pull that out right now? Is it Commandments? So yeah, yeah. So bear fault with false witness. So if if a person has to, the the reason why these Ten Commandments exist in my in my opinion is because at some point somebody realized that there were things that are just create toxic, uh, toxic. Um, loopholes or uh, I'm sorry, feedback loops in our, in our consciousness and the way we operate as a species. And if, if I have to, if I go out and cheat on my wife and then I go home to her every day, there's going to be that, that division, that, that thing between her and I, whether she knows that that thing happened or not. And it's just because of the fact that I'm having to keep a secret, I'm having to lie. So whether it's about that or anything else. So that would be my thing, exploitation and, um, and i guess what would be the word to sum up all things that are are lying cheating stealing um being a dick just being a dick yeah <laughs> don't be a dick yeah.
0: but i mean what about on the topic of health i mean i think that's very clear um you look at certain people that are morbidly obese and they start feeding their kids and they're they're basically essentially ruining their lives. Is that is that right? Like do you think the state should step in and stop them? Is it I think it's a form of child abuse personally. Because you're setting your your seed, your offspring, up for failure if you're not Educating them on the proper food, Steve, and that's a—it's not so much a big deal in this region, but it is a big deal in other regions and other parts of the world. So, what what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I I, I feel like it's a bigger picture issue um, with obesity. A lot of times, I mean, you can look at the, the obesity all around the world, and you can see that there's a cultural issue and a consumerism issue. You know, when people are being, um, you know, people are feeding their babies Mountain Dew out of a bottle because they—that's the best thing that they can afford—is you know, high fructose corn syrup water. Um, I think that that is a significant issue. However, I I don't wanna take the personal blame or personal responsibility away from the obese person or we can even transfer it over to a homeless person because I think that when the human brain stops producing uh, those dopamine responses that give them pleasure in life and that's what inflammation does to the body. If you get too far overweight, your body becomes inflamed, your body doesn't produce the hormones that it needs to in order to be happy. So simple tasks like walking to a refrigerator become very, very difficult. And where you and I could walk outside feel the sun on our face and, and, and get a sense of pleasure in the, the wind and smell the trees and get a sense of pleasure out of that. They don't get a sense of pleasure out of that because their dopamine responses aren't working the way they're supposed to. So at some point, I think there's a tipping point And I think that that's why they say, you know, the, there's comments about, or there's phrases or, whatever everybody has something about the uh, the concept of the and the value of a community right takes a village to raise a child whatever it might be and when we're so individualistic like we are in this country it's like well you know they should be able to eat whatever they want that's their free ride they should be able to smoke whatever they want yeah but is it really that fair when there's a coercive and exploitative industry that's trying to force these these toxic things into the mouths of poor people i don't know if that's so I, at some point we got to be responsible as a community, a national community, and at some point we got to be responsible as as individuals as well. So I don't. Can I say one more thing? Please. I know I'm ranting.
0: No, no. I I fucking love the rant. <laughs> okay. keep On going.
1: So and i I I don't want to lose any listeners here, but um, on religion, sometimes I see um, where I see, I see parents taking their young children to like three, four, five years old, six years old, to go get baptized. And I hear the them teaching their children that if they don't accept God into their heart and they don't get baptized, that they're gonna burn in this place for eternity that is going to be the most, it's more excruciating than anything you can ever imagine. Um, other, but, but there's this way you can fix it. You can stand in front of your people at the church and you can get dunked underwater and you can say this prayer and you're going to be saved. I think that that is every bit as much of a form of quote unquote child abuse as the person giving their kids junk food every single day for every meal and not... And, and, and again, I don't blame that parent for it because if that parent truly believes that that's the case and they're doing a benefit for their child or they don't know any other way except for that, I don't know if I'd call it child abuse. Do I feel like there's a better way to do it Probably, but I think it takes a I think it takes a a consciousness uh a, an elevation of consciousness as our entire species.
0: I think child abuse probably is the wrong word for that maybe. I think a little harsh that, I think it is, it is incredibly yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that I think that maybe lack of like ugh, child this is the wrong word it's definitely because you're you're just you're indoctrinating your your child into a belief system that you view as correct and not only correct the absolute truth with a capital t mind you that's what you're indoctrinating them into and you're it's, not inspiring
1: curiosity you're, that's, you're telling that's them...
0: a problem that's an issue i definitely understand yeah. that but at the same time like um, as a libertarian, do whatever the fuck you want to do. Totally. I don't give a shit.
1: But it, you know, and I think at some point as a culture again, we need to we need to all realize that um, dogmas and and f- or even ideologies, faith, man. Ideology,
0: ideologies are the, are the devil.
1: Like when you have somebody who and with all due respect to these people, the I mean, I love them. I have a lot of people that I love that that are of this mindset. So, I'm not judging per se. But when you have a high school graduate uh, high school diploma or less, and you are working a blue collar job that doesn't really require any sort of, uh, abstract thought beyond just, you know, doing your job, which is I'm very respectable. I'm not downing that, but I'm saying at some point you got to realize your own limitations of your, um, expertise and your ability to, uh, speak on sub subject, such subjects such yeah. as divinity, you know, the, this, if one of the seven deadly sins is is uh, is pride and I feel like it's kind of prideful to assume that your interpretations or the interpretations that you believe in about a book that was written two to four thousand years ago is the so correct that you can you can say whether or not Two people of the same sex can get married or to tell your children that they're gonna burn in hell If they don't believe the way that you believe I think that that's a little compromising
0: uh, also th- That book was established to protect people because like you look at not being able to eat se- Shellfish or pork or whatever mm-hmm. like there there are guidelines like during a red tide if you do eat seafood I, I don't know if I it could be wrong Google this you could die It can be yeah. very detrimental to your health So this is this was set forth to protect people and to to create control uh, these are these are all things that we need to to look at when we're we're engaged in the modern age that, that we don't and you know that's I, I have a very complicated relationship with religious ideologies uh, I think that they're beautiful I think that at its core it is a uh, excuse me it is a beautiful beautiful message of love and acceptance but but so often it's perverse and twisted for for personal gain, profit, pride, all the bad things, and I think it's a very powerful too. I think that fundamentally it is incredibly important to be a spiritual human being. I think that that's incredibly important for our existence is to believe that we're part of something more. And to deny that fact is to deny being human, essentially. That's my opinion on it. To deny the fact that what? Th- that there's more. Not that there's an afterlife, but that we're insignificant on this planet and that everything is connected, really. I think that sometimes people that are atheists sort of miss that. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, not all the time. There, I know plenty of great atheists that are, have great thoughts and I've had great debates. I was in a Socratic book club for a time and one of the the, the fiercest debates I ever had was with an atheist. And at the end I was like, man, I, I respect the shit out of what, everything you said. And he was like, me too. I wish more people were like you. And I'm not saying that I necessarily... I, I'm, I'm pretty undecided because uh, as an inquisitive person, like there is no evidence... <laughs> of of the existence of a deity Mm -hmm. and but there are so many great sources of inspiration and information from buddhism and uh i I also i i got really deep into eastern um religions uh hinduism and buddhism and i also have a deep abiding love for christianity because that's where my roots come from and in fact i probably wouldn't even be here today if it wasn't for two christian Mm -hmm. people that took me in like so for me to turn my back on that yeah. is—I don't know if I can necessarily ever do that. But for me to blindly follow all the rules, and plus, first off, I cannot get down. Like, who the who wants to wait to have sex till they're married? Like, I mean, come, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I mean, teach their on. own. But I think
1: there's a lot of benefit to having sex before you're married. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as as a spe- as a talked right from wrong, I think that there's a lot of beneficial sexual thing.
0: compatibility. That's mm-hmm. another thing. I mean, I've I can't you how much research. Are you familiar with the Reddit? Uh, I don't. I don't get
1: on Reddit at all. Don't. It's yeah, a, I've been a, told. A, not An to.
0: endless <laughs> vortex of information and knowledge. Honestly, in and my opinions. opinion, in my opinion, it is a. A human brain it's 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 like a it's like a brain i think that we have a hive mind i honestly do as a species and this is where it's cultivated and developed and unlike facebook if you're an asshole people will tell you you're an asshole because you're completely anonymous on there and i love that and if you don't know how to fucking type or you know correctly spell things people will let you know they'll destroy you it's it's a hive mind it's it's a bunch of people on a computer connecting uh, and they they serve as the neurons to this, this brain that we're developing. And I, I oh, wow, I'm going deep, whatever. I believe that's <laughs> where artificial intelligence will be mined from on yeah. not Reddit, but the hive mind of all of us plugging into the internet. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that that's the next form. That's the consciousness we're creating. I think, I don't know where all this is coming from, man. I'm
1: just yeah, I'm going off on good. a It's good. It's Belgian beer. Right it's the Belgian beer. It is a Belgian beer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but anyway, so I'm getting too deep, but, Our sex is a great resource for learning about people that are is a subreddit. It's a great resource for learning about people that are maybe not as sexually experienced or not like have waited until their marriage. And I've read so many stories, accounts of people that waited till they were married to have sex. And after they had a they, they slipped into a deep depression because being pure was the only thing that made them feel special. Yeah. And now that they're not, they're just like, like it was incredibly entrenched, deeply entrenched into their identity. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we don't talk about. Plus back then you were married off at like 13 years old. You know what I'm saying? So like right at the 13 to 16, whatever, right when your hormones were raging, you were married off and you had a kid. And it was a
1: matter of expanding the species too. I mean, you needed to make kids because you're only going to, odds are you're going to live between the late twenties and the early forties sometime. And, and yeah, I, I think that um, sex is an interesting one because again going back to exploitation, are you lying to somebody to get them into bed? Are you slipping drugs into their their drinks? Are you what? Or are you having an open and honest relationship or discussion about what this is? You don't sit down and have, sit down and have a powwow before you have sex, but like, are you two consenting adults that understand that? You just want to enjoy one of the great pleasures of life, which is sex. And I've heard guys say before, well, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of holding off because I, you know, I want to make this special, you know? Okay, good, good. Uh, it's been three months now. Um, does she want to have sex? Well, yeah, she's, she's asked a few times, but I just keep saying, no, baby, I just want to, I want to make this special. And I was like, y- she wants to have sex. You, do you want to have sex? Well, yeah, yeah. Have sex with her. She deserves to have sex. She's a, she's a human being. She's a consenting adult. She wants to have sex with you. You're not lying to her. You're not mean to her. You're not abusing her. Have good sex with her.
0: Good consensual sex. Dude.
1: It's The American one, way. It's one of the greatest <laughs> things in the world. That, and then, we can get out. Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> pot, right? <It's laughs> yeah. the, it is, homosexual, the homosexuality uh, conversation and the pot conversation are, to me, flat out the stupidest fucking conversations in our dialogue today. I think that any if two consenting adults want to get married, they should be able to get married, no questions asked. If two if a guy if a person wants to smoke a plant that is up until seventy years ago been proven to be by almost every culture in the world to be a benefit, and it has been a benefit in my life since you know almost the entire time I've been smoking weed, which has been almost about my entire life. <laughs> it's it's. Why not? This is a beneficial thing. This is a, it can, it doesn't mean everybody. I know some people that become, you know, that just don't operate well on it. I operate well on it. And I, I for somebody to tell me that they can actually lock me in a cage for, for smoking a plant that your God created, like <laughs> if there is a miracle plant out there, it's cannabis and you're, you're denying people the opportunity because why if corporate interests or whatever it is. That, that, that's one of those uh, discussions that just pisses me off sometimes. And I have to take a deep breath before I go into it with some people. But well, you and I, you and I've gotten conversations uh, with people have, before with people who don't agree with us on don't it. don't
0: agree. Well, the the thing is, is how could you justify locking me up in a cage for doing something as an adult in the privacy of my own home? Like, are you for harm towards like what, whatever happened and, and I'm stereotyping but if you know you certain people that believe in 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 God and whatnot they they tend to support they tend to demonize this not all not all not mm-hmm. all right but I'm saying there are minority or majority I'm not sure that do how how could you how do you justify that are you not for love peace and forgiveness and and why does it even matter to you I'm in your book I'm I'm bound for damnation so why the fuck do you care
1: yeah You know, I feel like because you're exploring your own consciousness on a level that they don't understand. Drugs are for people who can't handle reality, right? This is one of the worst pieces of propaganda I've ever heard.
0: Or is it for people that really actually want to unlock what reality actually is? Maybe
1: reality is for people who can't handle drugs. Um, It's it's. I should be able to explore my own consciousness, as as I see fit. If we're going to call ourselves a free nation, you can't tell me that I can't smoke that plant. That's, yeah. it's, it, it or just, shoot it,
0: that needle, bro. I don't give a shit what you
1: do. And, and there is, I am, I am open I'll to the discussion of of legalizing. I think there are some that are. Very, very damaging and serve almost no value, like uh, dirty methamphetamines. But if you regulate them, legalize, legalize them, you know, maybe you can get some cleaner methamphetamines. Oh, guess what? There already is, yeah. and it's called Adderall. You're right. What? Yeah.
0: <laughs> we give it to little kids. We do. <laughs> mm-hmm. How crazy is that?
1: It's crazy, but you know, somebody makes it in a bathtub nation. because they have an addiction, because they have some psychological issues that they they can't manage, or whatever it is that they that help makes it hard for them to manage. Um, uh gluttony or man- manage desire whatever it is that make you there's there's a whole list of of arguments as to what makes people addicted to drugs but yeah and we should serve that as a mental health or as, as a as a social health issue but to just say that you can't do this it's we're sitting here and I think I got this from Joe Rogan probably but you know a guy can be on welfare and you know there's the whole argument that you know people on welfare should have to take drug tests i think that's i think it's uh serves as a gateway to racism i think it serves as a gateway to classism cuz if a person wants to go home and drink a gallon of whiskey at the end of a day mm-hmm. they're going to be just fine they can continue collecting their welfare benefits but if if welfare paid uh recipients are being drug tested and they smoke they take a hit off of a pipe to relax at the end of the day, then they're all of a sudden deemed like unworthy of these benefits. That to me is just, is very problematic. And the fact that companies can drug test for for cannabis like you want to go home from a work from a job where you're probably doing some mundane shit that you wish you weren't doing and you go home and you want to smoke a little bit of uh, you know smoke a joint and just enjoy the the empathy and the compassion that it fills you with and sit on your back porch and just trip out on the trees like that's that's your right to be able to do that mm-hmm. that person's not allowed to do it but the guy can go home and and drink a gallon of whiskey and be you know he's He's fine. Pop a bunch of Adderall or whatever the shit you know, painkillers pain that he's yeah. being given. So it's it's uh it's clearly to me, and we can go. Out, I mean, we can have a whole podcast on that issue, but I we're talk going about from right from wrong. Yeah, is it, are people being exploited? Should we go into schools and sell kids pot? No, probably not, because there has evidence to show that it does have some negative effects on the developing mind. We also put We also shouldn't be putting Pepsi machines into schools either. So I think that that if we're going to look at it, you know, it's a double standard.
0: We well, well, you're right. But basically, you're saying is what I've been saying for years: there is no such thing as good or bad drugs. There's simply risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. That's it. Everything that we do, like our brains, are pleasure sense-seeking items. Really. Sugar, you get high from sugar. You can most of most people, and not, hopefully, not my listeners or yours, because they're listening. But most people are addicted to sugar. Yeah, honestly, and probably some of our listeners are are addicted to sugar. Guess what? You're getting high from that, mm-hmm. man. You're getting a little dopamine hit. And you know what else is weird? Every time you fucking open a uh, your your Instagram or your Snapchat and you you you, see, you receive likes and yeah. love from other people, that's a little dopamine mm-hmm. hit too. It's really bizarre. So am I
1: going to get it from looking at Facebook or am I going to get it from putting something in my nose?
0: Yeah.
1: Either way, I'm going to get it. But it's because you... um, I think legalization, and this is where regulation, this is where government can do a good job at regulating, right? I agree. Because when you regulate something, it tends to create a quality control oftentimes. So I think that like a free market alcohol industry, I think will create people getting fucking blind off of bathtub whiskey. Like it's, it's just, you know, know, it's not, you, you, I think checks and balances are healthy. I think somebody coming along and saying like, no, you can't drive because you're, Blind from the alcohol that you drank like that is somebody needs to be able to come in and, and set a set a uh, Set of rules for and and, and they should be of and for the people, right? Yeah. It's not like these rules are, are all arbitrary. Some of them maybe feel like they're being uh, pushed by lobbyists by big government by big pharma and these kinds of things but a lot of them are put in place for a set of common sense Regulations, the speed limits, right? I think it was Jimmy Carter put the speed limits in place nationwide. It was a 55-mile-an-hour speed limit to lower emissions. Um, I, I could be wrong there, but last time I – if I remember correctly, I think that that was why we have speed limits. We're Googling this. And, and, and as we've heard before uh, from several, several podcasters have talked about this issue, if they wanted to save lives, they would make the speed limit 25 miles an hour everywhere. Like that would almost eliminate car accident deaths in the, in the United States. Right, because if if you can't, you, you you following me there? No. If you want to, if 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 our if our objective is to say we want zero death car death rates by car accidents in the United States, we should just automate lo- it. We lower the speed limit all the way down to the point where it's almost impossible, no, to almost die. impossible to die. Okay, but the risk versus reward, right? I want to get somewhere faster. I don't want to wait. I don't want to take I don't want to take me 4 hours to get here. I want it to take me 25 minutes. So we have to have faster but you know faster speed limits, but the risk of me getting in an accident and dying is increased because I'm going faster. So that's where I think the government can come in and, and play a good role and just you know, I'm glad that semi trucks can't go 95 miles an hour down the road when I my baby's on the mm. in the back seat of my car, you know and some some libertarians might argue well you know i think the private sector and the human human uh whatever human nature will will correct you know self correction well, what do you feel
0: about what do you feel about seat cuz i think that I'd, as just sort of my ideology i'm going to wear a seatbelt cuz i don't want to die if i get in a wreck yeah. but if you don't want to wear one fine be it by me you shouldn't be you shouldn't be ticketed for that it's your own stupidity. If you die, you deserve to die, dude. You made a choice. I don't think we need the government to
1: babysit us except I for, think for who bails I- you out when that accident happens. Who who bails you out and and if you get into a car accident and let's say you don't have any health insurance and you but you have and you, you also don't have car insurance, which is, you know, legally uh, mandated. It's
0: unconstitutional, but whatever. It's, it probably is, but <laughs> if,
1: if if I get into an accident and I have, I'm have i covering me, and, or I have, uh, what is it called, not full coverage, but liability insurance, and that person smashes into me and takes out my entire family and... W- Destroys my car and we're all safe, but uh, I said take out my entire family. So, uh, <laughs> but and then he's he's all banged up. Like the government comes in and steps in and fits the bill for that. They send you know they pay for the wrong? ambulance bill. What's I don't wrong? think that's wrong. No,
0: you pay for the ambulance bill. Right, You're but if you can't, there.
1: but if you can't,
0: I'm not entirely sure. Google that.
1: But so, but what if you can't? What if you have zero money? The the government subsidizes a lot of that cost. So that's part of the thing with the Obamacare thing was was uh, creating streamlines to, to where we can actually pinpoint where dollars come from. So if you don't have health insurance and you decide not to have health insurance forever, and I know I'm going to get people debating me on this one, then I'm fine with that. So let's say you don't have health insurance forever. You're like, fuck it. I'm not going to have health insurance. Be pre-Obamacare. You get cancer. Right, but you don't mm-hmm. have any money to pay for anything. The doctor, the hospital has to fit legally, the bill, obligated. legally obligated. They swore an oath, a oath. oath, absolutely. So they do it. They take care of you. Now you have one hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of of medical bills and no way of paying it. That's not going to go unchecked. You don't have any way of paying it. At some point, if, I mean, if you can't pay it, you just can't pay it. At some point, that's going to be subsidized by something. And so what Obamacare did with the and, and the Republicans sold this as the personal responsibility mandate is how they sold it in Massachusetts for under Romney Care. If if you're not gonna if you're gonna choose not to get health insurance, then you're gonna pay an extra tax, right? They call it a fine, they call it a fee, they call it so it's a tax, right? You're gonna pay an extra tax, and what's gonna happen is if you
0: serves as your health care then
1: essentially it it that at least it at least helps create at least creates a pool. And which can be pulled from to help cover the cost Can't of yours. Disagree with that.
0: I was trying I really was all game for such a dickish response, <laughs> but that makes sense. If you're gonna be an asshole and I'm hey, I am one. So <laughs> but if you I are, think you're a pretty and you're, sweet guy. and you're not gonna do and you're not <laughs> going to get health health insurance or health care. Then I I think I would be okay with paying a tax because yeah. it's like well just in case man you yeah. know fuck you know whatever yeah. whatever a little extra money out of my pocket if you wanted to be a rebel I get that yeah. now I'm not gonna dispute that or
1: argue it at all and at least it helps pull some money into the pool to yeah that help compensate sense. for the because you're, yeah. you're still a rebel you're
0: yeah. still a rebel you're still. You're still crazy. I'm and, I'm and down gonna, with that. is
1: everybody gonna pay that tax? No. Some people are gonna dodge it, it and IRS is gonna go after you for it and they're gonna try to get it and you're not gonna pay it. So <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> I mean there's certain tax relief for people that buy homes, you know? So if you if you're uh, if you're not a homeowner in some states, you're gonna pay a tax and this is what people a lot of people don't don't understand is if you're renting an apartment somewhere, you're paying a tax that homeowners aren't paying. You you have relief in some way. It's the same exact thing. It's yeah. if you don't have health insurance if you are if you have health insurance, you're relieved of a tax that is put in place. Now, I understand the argument with big government and over, over control of government, government oversight. But as we talked about before we hit record, I am of the mindset that education and health care should not be for profit motive. I'm, I agree. And I think if we're going to invest, if my tax dollars are going to go towards anything, I'd rather see them being invested in the health and education of the future of our country. The sketch part is so
0: like, so, I took my time in my college career and I, so I learned a lot about myself. I failed a lot of classes and not a lot, but probably I, learned a lot not, from those I failures. Did, huh? I did, but it, it's, it's sort of sketchy to me. Like, I kind of like that, I guess that the fact that the educational system was for profit sort of saved my ass. Because certain countries, there is no dicking around. Like, I lived in Denmark for a time. There is no, there, you are either smart, you work your ass off from the time you're very young to get into a good school, or you're fucked. So, that, that is what sketches me out mm-hmm. about the whole, but I, it's, it's just me being lazy, a lazy American. You what do you think so, of Denmark? I love Denmark. Dude, isn't it such an awesome country? It's amazing. It's amazing. It, it is a very happy place with very Beautiful people. Idea, be, yeah, I was dating a Danish <laughs> chick for a time, actually. Um, that's why that I moved over the there. The
1: hottest white people in the world are in Copenhagen. You know, what,
0: you know what's weird? I, f- I found the hottest black chick in, oh, really? in, uh, in Sweden I've ever seen in my life. Mm.
1: Sweden's full of beautiful... Oh, I mean, yeah. M- Scandinavia, just... Mm-hmm. I mean, even my my wife and daughter were there. Where they were just like my daughter, who's sixteen at the time, going through Denmark or even even Amsterdam. But in Copenhagen, she was just like watching people ride by in their bikes, and they're like how do you look so good wearing a suit, riding a bike? Like, no. you're just... Everybody looks good in Everyone this place. Does look good. But it's everybody's real. also happy. Everybody... Most people are also white. Wasted. So it makes things a little bit uh, easier for assimilation purposes and things like that. But
0: It is. I've so. always wanted to go to... Uh, I was watching a documentary uh, on the Muhammad Ali George Foreman fight where they fought in Africa. Rumble in the jungle. In the, the Rumble in the jungle. And uh, Muhammad Ali, he, he was a very... Almost involved with the Nation of Islam, very anti-white, but he was just like, "This is the most beautiful place in the world." Like the, all the people look. It was it in, was in weird, Africa, you mean? Mm-hmm, in yeah. Africa, it was a very interesting. I've always wanted to go there as a black guy. Mm-hmm. I've always, <laughs> just to not because I live in Oregon, <laughs> being you live every, in the whitest city in the U.S. <laughs> every everywhere I go, I walk into a room and I am the. The minority, yeah, which is strange, and it's fun when I take some of my white friends and I'm hanging out with a lot of black people, and it's not that they get uncomfortable, but they're definitely like, "Well, this is weird. Like, I'm the only white person here. Whoa, what, what? <laughs> You're the only white person in this room. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm the minority, right? I feel a little scared. <laughs> A couple of blacks around. it. Dude. <laughs> Dude, you know that's one thing though about race, man. I feel like we we're not allowed to joke about it anymore, right. and that's very sad. Th-
1: there me. is a limit, and I think that it's been a re- really respectable limit. I think that um, I think that Black Lives Matter needs to be. I'm, I'm pro, like not pro. It's not whether or not I'm pro. It's uh, I, th- I think it's I think it's time to give. I think it's another time in history where we need to to give the microphone to black voices, uh, in more than what we already are, not just in pop culture and in sports, but in <laughs> all aspects of, cause that's been the joke for three, three or four decades, right? If you want to make some money, you go sell drugs or you, you learn You're how to sing or you go play sports. Right. And it's, I, I still think that there's a little bit of that exists, but I think that the, with things like black lives matter or whatever, um, I think that there's just some times where we, uh, myself as a as a white guy and born and raised in the you know comfy United States, needs to just shut the fuck up and sit back and listen to what the concerns are of the people that I don't live like every single day. Yeah. And and white people that say, well, all lives matter. Yeah, but do they? Because you seem to be not liking Muslims and Mexicans very much. So.
0: <laughs> well, have you have you? Seen, I, I I won't watch this movie. I just I. I had a, I've had several opportunity to watch uh, Fruitville Station.
1: Oh, I, I don't. Remind me. No, you said no, so don't watch just, it.
0: I, no, I, I won't watch oh. it because it's it's Michael B. Johnson. It's uh it's one of his films. It's, that's the guy that plays uh, uh, he's in Creed the new Rocky movie, but uh, mm. basically it's about the shooting of the, of the the black the unarmed black man in San Francisco, I believe, and it in and, and it's just a day in his life and the director's very, very good at making you fall in love with this character. And I watched about 30 minutes of it. And I was like, I already know the ending. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that a lot of people need to watch films like that to maybe understand the message of, of what it is and granted all lives matter. I think that I, I think that as far as what needs to be done with the policing and I, and I had a, I had a debate with a, uh, a police officer about this, and we agreed on a lot of things. My interaction with a cop, and I'm not afraid of cops. I'm not afraid of getting shot. That's just not going to happen to me. And that's not my reality. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. But one thing we discuss is foot patrols. My only interaction with a cop is he's in a car and he's either going to pull me over and give me a ticket. I fucking hate cops for that reason. Not really, but you know what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not a fan. Like damn it, I'm going to get a ticket. Well, or, th- you know, they're the you, ones
1: who. Yeah. yeah like oversee your behavior and it's nobody likes the over
0: the modern day overseers you know i'm only gonna get i'm gonna get a ticket from you you like what you're not ever gonna do anything for me the only you're only gonna screw me over Mm -hmm. sometimes that's how i look at it you you might i really don't worry about i live in a very safe state and i'm a pretty big guy so i'm not worried about getting taken advantage of any in any in any form but that's my interaction is cops have always been Either trying to extract my wealth because sometimes I have a lead foot, but the reality is, like people in these poor communities, the cop they don't like the cops, and the cops they don't relate to each other at all. They don't even have a relationship. Their enemies are on opposite teams. We need to get these people on the same teams through foot patrols and discourse and conversation, not through "fuck you, you broke the law, I'm going to arrest you." Like you, they, they, I feel like they don't view each other. As human beings and that is a huge problem that we need to address and I don't know how we're gonna address it but we need to address that because we're all on the same team we're all we all live in the same state we all live in the same neighborhoods communities whatever not not necessarily but we're all American we all speak the same way we have so much in common so many things in common yet people like they're just not able to be on the same page These police that are being paid to to protect them and make their communities better or whatever like they're not doing that they're working against each other, and we need to fix that. I don't know how.
1: And maybe for the sake of your the title of your podcast, intuitive minds, um, or inquisitive. I'm sorry. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. I forgive you. Maybe maybe you titled it wrong. Maybe I said it right. Too too many many beards, dude. (laughs) So inquisitive minds, right? So maybe maybe the thing is, and 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 this is just um, not devil's advocate necessarily, but just just challenging right to be inquisitive yeah, sure. maybe um at some point we need to look back and i this is my issue so i'm talking to myself at this point too but is realizing that first of all i've never got up to know what it's like to be a black man in chicago and the west side of chicago south. i've never known south, south side of chicago, south Sorry, side. Uh, i've never yeah the west side would be in yeah farmland that
0: wrigleyville i don't know i don't know i, I don't know chicago well chicago enough. i've only been there long. once yeah
1: um the i see there there we go i don't fucking know i don't even know how to talk about chicago (laughs) let alone talk about intelligently as somebody who grows up every single day and or somebody who has to go to work as a cop every single day driving through chicago Mm -hmm. you know i don't know what it's like to to know that the likelihood of getting shot because i happen to patrol this one neighborhood which happens to be predominantly black which happens to be where I was posted uh, happens to have more shootings. Um, does that m- create racism, or does that just create like a tension that the job is a- automatically going to? I mean, it, it seems. Well, first of all, they signed up for the job, so mm-hmm. fucking get the training you need. Get the psycho yeah, we psychological.
0: Don't, we don't have enough training, right? And we don't have. I mean, for me to for even the black this is I'll be very critical of that for them to say like oh you know it's you how many people in that within that movement have a freaking idea mm-hmm. of what it's like to be a cop to have that power and to have that stress mm-hmm. i don't know
1: do well, you know? When I, when i hear things like blue lives matter and, and support for the police which i'm all about support mm-hmm. like I, am I love the fully, cops guess what if shit goes down who's the first person be, i'm calling yeah, right exactly. and I every cop that i've ever met has been a good human being, me you too. know, and I, I love, I love that we have good cops. I've never witnessed the, the gas or, you know, the tear gas being thrown at me and all that stuff. So I don't know what the militarization feels like to be hitting me. Um, but also, you, you know, you think about the vets and I see these memes all over social media where people say stuff like, uh, oh, the Starbucks thing, I, I, I got pretty irritated with that. Starbucks uh, em, vows to employ 10,000 Syrian refugees worldwide Which by in the next three years it's good business but there are starbucks and every almost every fucking country in the world like that doesn't mean they're taking american jobs away if you split it up by the 75 countries that they're going to employ in that's that's a couple a few hundred jobs in america and i hear all these people well what about the homeless vets what about the homeless vets you're not taking care of the homeless vets first of all they're not the same fucking thing so chill for a second second of all syrian refugees didn't sign up it didn't enlist to be a syrian refugee third of all Starbucks already has a program in place to employ 10,000 vets by, the, by 2018. I it's already what, there. So, so what,
0: what you're saying is uh, do your research, people. Uh, at the uprising. Figure out of, what the hell you're talking about before you fucking move you sh- shoot absolutely. your shit
1: off. Every single time I've ever known somebody that's mad about something, that's really angry about something, you ask them questions about it and they would have no fucking clue about it. There was somebody online that constantly posts stuff about anti-Obamacare stuff. Sure, there's a debate. My premiums have gone up. My deductibles have gone up. I don't like what it's done to my health insurance. Um, I'm still glad it's in place because it's better than what we had before. However, I talked to this person directly on the phone, and I asked him one question. So just out of curiosity, what is it that you uh, that you don't like about Obamacare? Oh, you know me, Lathan. I'm just no redneck. I don't know shit. I just like to stir stuff up. Well, you stir stuff up every single fucking day. <laughs> so you, you're you're upset about something that all I have to do is ask you one question and you buckle. You have no idea what you're talking about. You talk to people that are about about Islam. Say, you know, what is Sharia law? What are you so afraid of about Sharia law? Well, Sharia law is this and this and this. No, it's they're not. never right. They are never right about what Sharia law is. And,
0: and or how about this? Uh, do you even understand that? Like these these. A radical Islam, they're literally the people like they're like fundamentalist Christians that live in
1: compounds and are crazy. Right. And the radicalization the minority, started based the on the majority. And the radicalization st- started based on the occupation. Like the, they're, the, one of the biggest pieces of propaganda, I think, going around is, well, Islam, you know, the Muslim countries have been at war with each other for 3000 years. Give me one piece of evidence that provides that, that supports that. That is actually not true. Everything I've seen and every Muslim I've talked to said that that is a propaganda piece promoted by Western nations in order to promote and, and justify the occupation of Islamic countries. Islamic Islam has gone to war, just like Muhammad. Muhammad was not a warlord until he was provoked to the point of turning... And, and even he, he said, we are nonviolent. And God told him, uh, according to scripture, God told him, okay... You've held off for this long. Now, go ahead and do protect yourself. You have to protect yourself. Yep. Islam was like that, and that's what and I'm not justifying ISIS's behavior. I'm not trying to say that because I'm not over there. I'm not watching the beheadings. I'm not watching the Christians being burned in cages. I've just heard it on Fox News or whatever. But we—that's that, we were talking about it before this. Saying I don't know is okay. It is. You, okay. you said it earlier, Mark. Saying I don't know is okay, and I think that that is a, such a missing thing
0: everyone wants mm. to know everything they'd rather be, be loud lo-
1: they'd rather be heard than right exactly it's it's so frustrating i
0: have a book suggestion for anyone listening and that is to read james swire i believe the universe next door it's kind of a window a uh, uh, sort of a sparks note version to all the predominant religions of the world it's very eye-opening and i enjoyed the read i, I will wanna definitely check read it. that out. i think i might have a copy i can yeah? give you okay um if I just moved into this place, yeah. but yeah, I have a co- I have a copy somewhere, so I'll definitely give it to you. It's it's a fantastic read and a lot of debates. It it it's very eye opening, very eye opening. There's something. Oh, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. yeah. And I will. This story just popped into my head. I have no idea how the hell it did, but what is the craziest thing you've ever been a part of? I want you to tell me your story, and I'll tell you mine.
1: Well, you sound like you're already prepared for it, so why don't you go, first, go first? Because yeah. I it, yeah.
0: I don't know where the hell this came from, yeah. and I don't I've never shared this on on air or my show, but it just popped into my head. I haven't thought about this in years. When I was in college, I went to a bachelor party, um, Josh's, my buddy, best friends, and we had a, we went deep sea fishing. And I was on I was driving back uh, on uh, I can't remember the highway; it eludes me. But the highway from Corvallis going to Newport, and I think it's Highway 26. We we see a cop that just drives by, probably doing I don't know maybe 70, 80 miles an hour. Just it's gone. And I'm thinking to myself, that's bizarre. I wonder what happened. Maybe there was an accident. We're rolling up and there's a line of cars. I'm with my friend Kyle, and I was like, man, you know what? We need to check this out. I feel like people need help. So we get out of the car we start walking and then pretty soon we see that there's a tree that's kind of been mangled a little bit and we see a car that's flipped upside down and we get there there's a cop on sitting like on where the the front axle is trying to break the window mm-hmm. and all of a sudden a bunch of ems people get there and i just i walk through where all these ems guys are and i'm like can i help yeah i mean you just pull the door open so we, we get they, they get this. Uh, there's a. You gotta I'm, pull the mic. Uh, yeah, I've got you. There's a fire truck, um, one of those little tanker things, and we start we, we start pulling the door open, and there's like six guys on there. I didn't. I wasn't able to get on, uh, on the rope, but I, I went down and I pulled out the first guy. He was. That's the first dead body I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why this popped into my head, but. I've never seen anything. It was so surreal. I see this this, this young kid around my age a little bit older he has a beard. I'll never he had, he had stuff on his teeth, uh, like dirt, like sediment on his teeth and he was blue and they start working on him and I, I help carry him. I'm touching him, I carry him up. We put him on a stretcher, they load him in, a, in an ambulance, they drive off another one pulls up. We go down and I see this girl. And same thing, man. Completely pale. I have no idea why this is popping in my head. I just had to tell the story. Yeah. But <clears throat> and she had red hair. She had. Uh, I, the, the, she, she had her purse. Her purse was on like. I don't, it, was, it was. I saw her purse, and there was a bottle of wine in there. Uh, that I don't know why that this is just sticking out in my brain. And I touched her like it's the second dead body I've ever touched in my life. And we put her on the stretcher, and then they drove off, and went home Kyle we didn't say a word on the way home and i got out of the car and i told my roommates what happened and i was like you know i honestly think that i could be a EMS person like this did not bother me that much like this is uh this is a reality of life one other thing about the story is there was another guy who was there and after we put the bodies in the in the ambulance i i was talking to him and, and he was he, he I'll, I'll never forget this he goes ah. And I'm like, why, why are you sighing? And he goes, I just spread my wife's ashes on the beach, and this helps me so much. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, it shows that everyone has to die, and that I'm not the only one that's grieving right Didn't now. Didn't isolate it yep. to him. And then he just walked away. Mm. And anyways, I got really depressed, so I couldn't be an EMS person. <laughs> I had no idea, like... That was probably, I, I, I think maybe I was in a, conversa- a texting conversation before the podcast about us asking questions, and I, I wish I would have replied with this, but I don't know. I wanted to share that, man. It just really popped into my brain. Like, I, I don't know where that came from or how that happened, but it did. Like, that was weird. Wow.
1: Maybe something you said. So was it when you, um, and we're getting a little bit dark here, but when you, what was it like when you first touched a body that the life had left? Like I mean what was that what was that sensation?
0: There wasn't any sensation. It was just pure like It was so surreal, man. Like I wasn't thinking. I was very it was it was I'm a pretty goofy guy, but I was very serious and very focused. I was so fixated on their what their faces looked like. I'll never forget their mm-hmm. faces. I just remember their faces, the fact that they were blue, maybe not blue. they just very pale looking. And that they were lifeless, and that they were just, just, just meat. I don't know, mm. just, just a dead. It was really weird. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. Their eyes were open. It was totally f- real.
1: Because when they're in a casket and they got makeup, yeah, on exactly. This was real. Hey.
0: This was they were gone, man, mm-hmm. punched out, dead, about like a corpse. I, I don't know. Like yeah. I think it's important for everyone to see that. I think. I mean, I've done a lot of research on. Uh, not to be more, but when my parents die, I think I want to view their body or be there with them, clean them up. It's very therapeutic because you're able to say goodbye. And in our society, like once someone dies, they remove the body and that's it. I yeah. think it's very important to see that to be able to let go. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't, that's another thing I don't think we talk about is death. We're all going to die at some point. And, and if you ever get in a mood, or um, just today before this podcast, I decided to swing by one of my friend's house. He'll remain nameless, but he was, I walked in, I just kind of, really one of my best friends opened the sliding door, he's listening to music, and he's in bed at, I think, one. And I was like, you are depressed as fuck. And he sort of tear up, I was like, man, like, you're alive right now. There is no need for you to be depressed. I didn't say that right I said something a lot more inspirational and right. nice but this is my thought process like hey man like I, I told him I told him there are a few things you can control in this world one is the state of your room one is how you react to things that are negative in your life you can choose to be negative or you can choose to be positive and, and take these negatives as as a lesson to improve yourself and you can also control what you put into your body other than that, your attitude. Your at, yeah, exactly. Like that's it. Yeah. And by you laying down, you're making a choice to give up, and it's important to get up. An object in motion stays in motion; an object at rest stays at rest. Mm-hmm. And that's I believe that. But yeah, man, that's that's.
1: I, I actually have a similar story. Um, oh no way! Yes. Uh, so when you first asked craziest things, I was thinking about some of my psychedelic uh, journeys, which um, I've shared before on the podcast, and I'm sure I'll share again, but uh you talking about death um i'll be a little bit vague with the story but i was uh i was walking through the city one day downtown and uh there were a lo- there was all these um what appeared to be um Let's say junkies, for yeah. the lack of a better term, uh, these junkies that were having this sort of confrontation, and there was clearly one girl that was uh, the one that the rest of these 15 people maybe had issue with, and she turns around and walks away from the crowd, and, and she, uh, when she turned her back to them, they all started running to her, and they were probably about 50, 50, 60 feet out, and I grabbed a hold of her. I was close enough. I was grabbed hold of her. I was like, just fucking run. You know, I just knew she was going to get her ass beat and she, she took off running and I try, I stopped as many people as I could. I tried to slow down the crowd as much as I could. Stood there and, and, and within about 30 seconds, like a couple dozen people had passed me, right? They were all running after. I was like, fuck, I can't just not go do something or at least see if there's something I can do. So I ran after him. They ended up in this area with a, a crowd of people all out clubbing and going to the bars and stuff. And there was a, a crowd of about 100 people around this big circle on this block. And in the middle were these three girls beating the shit out of this one girl, right? And so I ran out there, just ran out to the middle of the circle, shoved two of the girls off her, pulled one of them off, grabbed her, and I said, run into this bar. I said, point at this bar. Said, run into that bar. So she runs over there as... She's running in. This guy's walking out drunk with his girlfriend, just, ah, just uh, having a good time, lighthearted. You could tell he had no idea what was even going on out there. And somebody yelled, stop that girl. And these, he just barely put his foot out. He tripped her. He didn't even trip her. He was five feet from her. Oh, mm-hmm. let me backstory. Before that happened, though, these five black guys, and I'm, I'm bringing black guys in for a reason, um, they surrounded me. And they said, What? You want some of this shit too?
0: No. And
1: I clenched my (laughs) fist and I looked around to see if there was anybody else that I knew. And they circled around me and they were, you know, I I was like, fuck, dude. I just fucked myself. Anyway, moving forward, the guy puts his foot out, didn't even come close to tripping this girl, this girl that I had just thrown on the ground. Mm -hmm. They turned their attention from me to that guy, perfectly innocent guy, surrounded that guy, lifted his chin up buckled him in the face Ooh. dropped him to the ground kicked him i i was the only person there i I've, i have sh- I had bruises on my shins from their back kicks they were kicking him i've never heard kicks to the face in the head like oh before. man and i know i'm getting a little dark here but but this was this was a shaping moment you know and and uh finally they you know, cops started pulling up everybody started spreading they ran and um there, there was some serious damage done to his skull, and I sat there and I, I held him for a little while, and his girlfriend's freaking out and all this other stuff, and he gets ambulanced away. Turns out that he died like thirty seconds, for 70, 30, what? 30 seconds later. He got his, he, they collapsed his skull, and I, I sat over by this cop car, and um, these cops came over and said, you know, I heard, I heard you saw what happened, and or I, I was actually sitting maybe half a block away from the cop car, but they came over and said, we, we, we heard that you saw what happened. I said. I said, "Yeah," and uh, they, they said, "Well, we need you to come with us to, to question." I said, "I'm not getting in that fucking car without handcuffs on because if anybody else is around and they see me willingly get into a car, I'm fucking pegged." You know, I'm in Portland a lot, and so they grabbed me, fucking slammed me up against the cop car, oh, handcuffed brilliant. me, threw me you in see, the back.
0: I would not have had the presence of mind to do that.
1: Well, I was I, it, the whole thing kind of shook me up, so I ended up staying the night in the police station and um and. The reason why I brought up the black thing is because I didn't see get their faces, and so for the next like three years, two years, everywhere I went in certain parts of town, I always kind of wondered, are they gonna recognize me? But I'm not gonna recognize them. <laughs> it was it was a little bit, you know what, what? I mean? Uh, so so that's
0: li- easy because if it was white, there's so many white people. You'd be like, oh, dude, I mean, what, whatever. But yeah, yeah but it you was see, you, that that odd. You isolate You're like oh dude, there's a black guy. Yeah. Fuck, all I knew is him? it was is five black guys.
1: I still to this day could not pinpoint them in a line. They murdered and someone. They and they and they. Do you have any they, idea why they ended up paying for it? Well, they they were just violent and they they made a wrong move. And actually, I went to go. I was supposed to go testify in court. I hope this isn't like putting me in a compromised position. <laughs> for anybody, but, uh, but but I, I ended up showing up to their court case um, like a few years later. Uh, it was a, it was a couple of years, two or three years later. I showed up to a court case. They got a hold of me and said, you know, we got these guys and we want you to come testify. And I sat out in the courtroom or the the hallway and just fucking nervous. I was like, God, I don't really want to fucking have my name, my face, all this. But this guy, you know, I even contacted the guy's family. I, I got a hold of the guy's family. I said, just so you know, this guy wasn't up to any fucking shady shit. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Just, you know, just so this family didn't think that he was involved with drugs or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I, I just... I didn't really want to get any more involved in that. So attorney comes out, comes out to me and says, uh, you're free to go. And I was like, really? They're like, yeah, one of the guys just testified against the other four. Ooh, and so you're good to go. Over. We don't need you anymore. And because um, well, I guess they felt so bad. Well, I mean, you know, I I know I've been in positions before where I've done things, not that nothing like that, but I've done things before in my life where I'm like, that was a, moments thought like I didn't even have a moment to think whether or not that was the right thing to do or not. And I did it anyway. And if I could go back and undo it, I would have now I didn't kick anybody's head in, but I've definitely done some things that I look back on and I'm like, you know, I, if I could go back and undo that, or if I could go back and just like maybe apologize to somebody for that thing that I did, um, I'd feel, I'd feel a lot better, but a lot of times you can't. So, and I think that that's kind of what the, what the theme of a lot of things we talk about is, is, you know, all you can do is, outside of this, the current elections, which is really, I mean, the current administration, which is really toxic, and our Red politics, the and the world things, and everything else that's going on. Um, if you can create, if we can create positive ripples by simply just putting our best foot forward every single day that we can, and tr- being good parents, being good uh, you know contributors to the private sector, whatever job we have, or uh, maybe becoming a lawyer and trying to shape the next generation of law, um, all these things I think they they definitely matter and I think that that I mean that moment shaped me you know I mean I remember it to this day like it was last week um, anyway I'm glad you, you you were asking about crazy stories because uh, I haven't thought about that one in a long time yeah either. yeah yeah well one of the things i we're coming up on an hour and 15 minutes so we got to wrap it up we should we probably should but um i think one of the points of me wanting to get together with you is because i i I listened to some of your podcasts and i i really liked what you what your approach was and i thought it was similar to mine a little bit different angle at times Mm -hmm. and a little bit different tone but i think at at the end of the day what we're both trying to do is we're trying to use our own strengths and abilities of being willing to ask questions and question our own personal perspectives of the world and everything else in order to hopefully have an audience that if, you know, maybe they're all just listening to us saying, these fucking fools, they're listening to, they're in a bubble in Portland, Oregon. Or maybe they're like, dude, I never really thought about that one thing like that, you know, because I I can't tell you how many times I'll I'll have an hour long conversation and there'll be one thing that I walk away from and I'm like, man, that was coolest fucking thing i'm so glad that guy said that thing like you were uh you said a little bit ago about the friend of your... josh
0: is basically just the bible study that i went to where uh the husbands were basically it's a bible study and there it's with young married couples um i don't really I have a kind of a negative view of divorce i don't agree with it uh personally i'm against it but you do whatever the fuck you want to do mm-hmm. but basically it's a almost a class in a sense of how to have a proper relationship. And you have two people, the, the pastor and his wife have been married for 30 plus years and they separate at the end of this and the women go with her and the men go with the pastor. And he had, the first question he asked was husbands, have you been good to your wives this week? That's amazing. Now, whether I'm religious or not, that's some sound advice. That's, that's beautiful. That's a perspective that that's something I disagree. It's, or, or I went vegan for a month because I, I hate vegans. No, that's not true. <laughs> but seriously, it's kind of a cult. Anyway, <laughs> anyway anyways, but I did because you want to know what? I don't, I, I can't have an opinion on something that I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I devoured a steak mm-hmm. f- for a few days afterward, like continuously, because you know I I missed like it. One steak. For yeah, three but I days, understood. Or? I could. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I understood. I it it gave me a window into their universe. Mm-hmm. And I we could get into that forever. By the way, real quick segue into that because now I'm on it. If you think that. By being a vegan, you are causing no harm. You are lying to yourself because I grew up on a farm, and when you harvest things, little animals, snakes, birds, baby fawns, all get ground up into combines or whatever. Mm-hmm. So no matter uh, bugs, what about insects too? I mean, we can't. Uh, is there now all of a sudden like certain life's better than other life? I don't know. Just because, but, yeah, exactly. It, it's life. that it have life, a face right? that we can recognize, exactly. like Our own. You are kidding yourself. Life sustains life, or are plants sentient? I mean, come on, man. Like there, I think the amount of harm and care we should we should all promote less harm, and we should all be very civil, and we should also be very conscious of and vote with our dollars on the proper ways to. Uh, take care of livestock and animal. Make sure they have good lives. But at the end of the day, there is no way you can get away from life, sustaining life. That is something I believe, and that's a very mm-hmm. strong opinion I have. I don't know. Well, why I, I feel
1: like I don't think there's any experts out there, whether they're paleo people or whatever, that will deny the fact that the the modern American diet could probably consume a little bit less meat.
0: I 100 percent agree. And probably
1: probably consume more vegetables. Absolutely. But they also we also need to think about the consumerism of you know we also need to buy less, uh, whatever cereals. We need to buy less homogenized milk, and we need to. There's a lot of these things that. So I think yeah, attacking attacking uh, meat eaters as the ultimate bad um, is ridiculous but i, I think we the gotta. the object yeah the the objective cuz i want to do uh, we're going i think we're going to do more of these we're definitely going to do definitely. more podcasts but the i think the objective that i have in 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 teaming up with you in this and and hopefully doing more of these podcasts together and and just following up is is um, just creating a space where you can, i I'm going to go back and listen to this, right? I'm going to go back and listen to this and I'm going to listen to some of the stuff that I say. And I'm going to be like, uh, I kind of fucked up on how I said oh, that. Yeah. Right. So uh, I'm not, I'm not thinking that every single thing I'm saying right now is, is divine. Or right. Anything, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm just, all I'm doing is here. I'm sitting here bullshitting with you and I'm, Learning by way of hearing my own voice say the words that I'm saying, so it's mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm in no way my podcast is in no way trying to to label me as an expert or a, uh, any smarter than anybody else. I'm just as you would say um, you say intuitive no inquisitive inquisitive should be intuitive no inquisitive yeah. uh, but it's just me being curious. I'm just a, I'm curious about the world and I just want I just want this thing to be. Uh, an opportunity for you know ourselves to continue to have good conversations if, if we can just if for no other reason you and I disagree on a lot of things we do we agree on a lot of things and I think that the one of the biggest things and and, and this this may be my big my last uh, little soapbox here but is um, we there are people I, I had a guy one time. Short story. I had a guy one time during the recent election. I think it was during the primaries. Send me a a message on Facebook. And he was a... um, What's that guy's name, the American Sniper, is based on?
0: No, no, no. Nope. Google it, but don't tell me I can get this. No, it's gone. Dude, there's no way. Oh, fudge. Chris Kyle. Chris Kyle. There you go. He had a Chris Kyle
1: as his profile pic. Yeah. right which is basically the equivalent of having like a Chevy f- pickup or a Confederate flag so i had a chris kyle uh, profile pic come through at a message with no name and it's i don't know how they did that but it basically just calling out me for my liberal views on everything you're you're oh you're obama is killing everything and you're this and that and i was like who the fuck is this and he wouldn't respond so i copy and pasted the message and put it on facebook I was like does anybody know who this is somebody responded and said yeah i do know who this is this is so and so i won't say their name but i said uh they're like yeah he's been trolling us too and i was like really that guy seems so fucking nice like i, I haven't seen him since i was a kid except for once and that was like a year ago and he was so nice and like gentle and and kind and then he's just being a f- fucking douche, right? So mu- a few months later, he sends me another message, just trying to start a fight with me. So I was like, listen, I know who you are. Like, I don't know. You've never seemed like this kind of person to me. Like, if you do you want to, here's my phone number. I sent him my phone number. I said, feel free to call me. I, I, I'll, we can talk. Like, I don't like you get finding an opportunity to call me a libtard through my, through my Facebook messenger because I am on the left side side of things. And and
0: you want to troll? What, let's engage in some more meaningful right. discourse. And he said,
1: "Okay, I, I get off at 4. I was like, "Awesome." Waited for four, four fifteen, four thirty. Sent him a message. like, hey I'm just I'm available. He never got a hold me. Never once. Now I guarantee, if him and I would have sat down for a cup of coffee or a beer, we would have a totally different conversation. And you would have he a would, lot more in common. Than a lot more in common. Ever care to admit. He would admit. He would admit without fail. What he doesn't know, as would I, I would admit what I don't, I don't, I would admit the things that he, the ways that he sees the worlds in which I don't understand. And he would admit the ways through, maybe not just, you know, through just, it wouldn't be so formal, but through the conversation, the barriers would come down, Mm -hmm. right? We'd look into each other's eyes. There's power in that. And I think that that's what I want this podcast to be. When I can sit down with somebody, um, and look them in the eyes, um, and not be intimidated because you're black. No, uh, <laughs> uh, if I can sit down with somebody and talk or to scared. somebody, um, just and just have the conversation without without standing behind my Facebook profile or my you know whatever it is, and just blasting off my opinions and things like that. It's it's so much easier. So that's what these that's what this does for me. That's why a lot of times I sit in coffee shops, I sit in bars, or this is great too. Um, my and that's home. what I hope to get, that's what I hope to to put out to the world.
0: That is 100%, I 100% unequivocally am in agreement. That's what my show's about. It is to...
1: Be an intuitive mind? It's,
0: inqui- punch you. <laughs> it's to be inquisitive, to understand that you're never going to change someone's mind if you don't first love them and respect respect who they are as a human being they might come from a different background but as to try and understand their perception of reality mm-hmm. that that is in a nutshell what my show is and also to learn things that i'm interested about it's me streaming my consciousness to you and me also fully admitting in episode zero that i don't fucking know anything i think socrates or aristotle i'm not entirely sure is it. i am smart because i know nothing mm-hmm. I will never claim to know anything because I don't know a whole lot. The
1: more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And I want to just sort of leave it here. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that you are a guest on my show, quote unquote, simulcast. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I would encourage. nice to be on Intuitive Minds. I (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) I would encourage everyone to stay inquisitive. Check out the podcast. Follow me on Twitter. I got a social media site, uh, Inquisitive Rick. That's my Twitter handle, uh, Rick... (laughs) Rick Ross 51 is my Instagram. I really need to change that. I need to change that. I don't have the heart. I don't have the heart yet, but uh, I think big things are coming. Uh, in the future, there will be a podcast festival. There will be brewers there, and you can meet us. We could talk. I would love to connect with my fan base. That's something that Lathan and I were talking about, and that's something that will be a reality. We're both very, very highly motivated individuals, and we know quite a few people. So I, I am excited. I can't yeah. wait to to meet more creative people and to do more shows with you for sure, dude. Like, yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate doing this. Yeah, thing. maybe we'll get I'm some gonna...
1: uh, format uh, in future ones. We agreed before we sat down that this was just going to be us just kind of bullshitting and kind of you know getting through the... You know, fig- figuring out how we how it is that we do with two microphones, yeah. and um, I think that in the future it'd be nice to tackle tackle things. You know, I know we have a lot to talk about with religion, um, with politics, with travel, with food, with health. With you know, we have a lot of things that we're both very interested in. So I look forward to it. Yeah. All right, everybody, stay intuitive. Someone <laughs> to punch you. Stay inquisitive. <laughs> all right, all right, man. Take care.
0: Hey, Infinity Break fans, do you want to show your support and devotion for an extremely obscure group of entertainers? Well, now you can. Just go to our website at infinitybreak.net and click on the Shop tab to be whisked away to our Redbubble, where you can find all sorts of awesome shirts, stickers, notebooks, and other gadgets decked out with icons from all of our most popular shows. Act now, because that stuff will be there forever.